0: Welcome to the Fem Powered Podcast. I'm Julieta Durante, menstrual cycle nutritionist and hormone whisperer. And I'm Nat Martin, menstrual cycle coach with a passion for all things premenstrual and periods. This is a podcast to help you navigate the world using the menstrual cycle as your compass and guide. We'll be chatting to industry leaders and women who inspire us on everything from money to sexuality, business to hormone health. Honestly, the list is endless because the menstrual cycle shows up literally everywhere. But let's be honest, we live in a world that wasn't built for and doesn't value the menstrual cycle. We are here to change that. We're here to help you learn new things about your cycle and inspire you to bring them into your life so that you can show up in a way that honors your natural rhythms and enhances your inner power. It's time to stop feeling guilty about being inconsistent and struggling with your cycle. So if you're ready to unpack its gifts, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Femme Powered Podcast. This is a solo episode today and it is a bit of an impromptu um, episode because it's something that I have been feeling very passionate and very fired up about in the last week or so. So today's episode is all about the role that toxicity and toxins in the environment play on our hormone health. And um, I attended a two day uh, conference last week, really great conference run by one of the laboratories that does a lot of testing for environmental toxins, for moulds, everything else. And, you know, a lot of things really landed for me. There were things that I knew already, but that sometimes you need them to be reinforced and also you need to be reminded and obviously you get more information from there. But it really left me feeling really 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 fired up about you know the role that our environment is playing in our hormone health and that's why this podcast is like you know is toxicity the missing piece to our hormone health I quite often talk to people uh, in my DMs or get emails or even with clients where they're kind of ticking all the boxes in terms of diet and lifestyle or, or doing as much as they can and they are still having real challenges with their hormone health, and when that happens, you kind of want to ask yourself, "What the hell is going on? Why is this person you know they're they're eating all the right foods, they're doing all this stuff, and but that their hormone health is still in a pretty shitty place, and this could be the missing link, um which was really reinforced to me. last week at the conference and this is what I really want to talk to you all about today so I have got a few notes so excuse me whilst I bring up my notes and um, otherwise I'm gonna (laughs) go on and on and on for a very long time so I feel that I, I you know I just want to run through these these basic ideas really talk about what toxicity is and where it comes from how we can test what we can do about it all of these things All right. So toxicity, is it the missing piece in hormone health? So, you know, what is toxicity and why does it matter? So toxicity is when any compound and it can be coming from like something that's alive, like an organism. So it can come from yeast. It can come from mold. It can come from different bacteria. They will release compounds that if they get into our body, cause a burden to our livers and they disrupt the normal functioning of like loads and loads of different metabolic functions in the body because they cause a burden we need to put detoxify them they're very difficult to detoxify and they will disrupt lots and lots of different systems in the body they'll disrupt organ function some of them can disrupt like brain function because they are neurotoxic some of them obviously and this is where the, the hormone health Piece is really important they really disrupt endocrine function which basically your endocrine system is your hormone system and they can really get in there and mess up a lot of chemical reactions and you know like the symptoms of toxicity are so varied like it can be obviously hormonal symptoms PMS that's just really really challenging pain inflammation brain fog like not quite feeling like yourself Feeling off, you know. So it's really hard. It's not something you can just say, "Oh, you have this," you know. So therefore, you have toxicity. It's usually a myriad of symptoms that kind of are, are kind of like maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't even think about connecting them, right? But it's it's this idea of you've been thinking about your health for a long time. You've got these symptoms. You've done quite a bit of work on them, and you just don't seem to get any better. That's when you usually want to think about toxicity. So. Like I said, you can get toxic compounds in the body through live organisms, but you can also get toxic compounds in your body through man-made chemicals. And this is a big one, right? Like our, our world is becoming increasingly toxic. There are chemicals in everything. And actually, there is absolutely no interest in this kind of capitalist, crazy, consumerist society, which is all about producing more and more and more. There's no interest in reducing the amount of chemicals because chemicals extend shelf life. They improve the quality of our products. And I put improve in inverted commas, but they do. So it's it's a real challenge because actually from the minute we wake up and actually all night long when we're sleeping, we are being exposed to chemicals be it because you're sleeping in a slightly moldy room or because your sheets are covered with fire retardants or because you put on a like a moisturizer that has like a million and one phthalates. And actually what I wanna say is the whole theme of toxicity and hormone health can get a little bit depressing. And this is absolutely not what this is about. And I get depressed Extreme. sometimes and I feel overwhelmed by it too because it almost feels like we're fighting a bit of a losing battle. But what I would say is awareness is a very powerful tool. Simply having an awareness that we are constantly facing toxins on our environment can really, really help to shift things. And even just doing small things, you know, like I say to my clients, think about slowly changing your cosmetics, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to like chuck everything in the bin and then go fully organic, etc. But Next time you're going to buy a toothpaste, maybe have a look at one that's a bit more natural or maybe is fluoride free. Next time you're going to buy a shampoo, maybe buy something a bit more organic. And it's slowly over time you will replace all your a lot of your cosmetics with slightly less toxic ones. And I feel that's a really important part of the picture is not not allowing the overwhelm to take over, because then what happens is we go into this real well. Fight or flight or freeze, right? We either like really freak out, and that's not really good for us anyway, or we'll go into this like I don't even know where to start, and we don't make any changes. So yeah, the man-made chemicals is huge, and it's it's really about approaching it one step at a time, and having having that awareness and just questioning. So a post that's going to go out um, sometime this I think it may have gone out by the time this episode goes out is um, air fryers. So everybody knows that air fryers are the latest sort of fad in food prep. And we're being told that they're really good for us because they heat things a lot faster and you don't get the oxidation that you get from putting things in ovens or deep frying, which deep frying is, is obviously never a great way to prepare your food. But, you know, I've been holding off buying one because I'm like, there's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. And I'm like, hmm, it's something that gets very hot. And I know that heat especially, it it helps to release toxic chemicals. And I'm like, huh, I know microwaves aren't good. I know that plastic bottles that get heated release chemicals into the water. So I don't feel comfortable with this thing that heats up into very high temperatures heating up my food. So then at the conference, I was talking to a few people and they were like, well, the thing is as well about air fryers is they contain um, Teflon, which is this the it's sort of like a series of chemicals that make the um, they coat um, like pans and pots and things and they make it nonstick, which means they're very easy to clean. These chemicals are so fucking toxic. And the thing about them is, they are so hard to remove once they enter our bodies, but they bugger up a load of hormonal pathways, cascades, liver, everything. So we just don't want to be getting this nonstick, this Teflon into our bodies. And that's when I thought, aha, uh-huh. I hadn't had time to look up the mechanisms. Hadn't had time to do a lot of research, but I'm, you know, I paused before buying one and I'm so glad I did because now I'm going to dig a bit deeper. Um, so that's what I want to say. Just sometimes it's about just going, OK, well, this sounds great, but I wonder if it's quite toxic, you know, and and I'm going to do a bit of research. I mean, the Internet for this is It's great because you can do your research and you can find out um, these these, you know, like how toxic something could be. And you do have to be a bit careful with your sources. But, you know, you can go to reliable websites and see what's going on. So, yeah, it's it's something to just have, I think. Awareness more than anything else. And just when you catch yourself feeling overwhelmed, you take a step back, you remind yourself how good it is to actually have just knowledge because how many people don't even know anything. And then you make small little changes. That's the way that works for me, at least. And I still get overwhelmed sometimes, I'm not going to lie. So I've already touched a little bit on this, but I want to talk about how toxic compounds affect hormones, right? So the thing about these compounds is. The body has to try and clear them because they're not compounds that are serving us in any way, And the body knows this and the body's very clever. So it wants to detoxify them. So what happens is these toxic compounds come into the body and the body is desperately trying to flush them out, which means they can then get caught in the different pathways. Detoxification is all about pathways. I sort of think about them as like motorways going through our bodies and roundabouts and all of this. And I tend to think of toxic compounds as roadblocks, roadworks, you know, kind of massive leaks and pipes, all of that kind of thing. That's the kind of effect it has on, on, on our detox pathways. And the problem is in terms of hormone health, We need these detox pathways to be really functioning optimally. So we want like, if you imagine like a massive motorway with loads of roundabouts, we want all the traffic lights to be working, we want the traffic to be flowing, and we just want everything to run smoothly. And toxic compounds basically come along and bugger it all up. So it causes a huge burden on the liver, but the liver, because these compounds are so toxic, is going to try to clear them first before trying to clear, for example, your oestrogen. So then what happens is the estrogen builds and builds and builds in the body, and that's where you get some hormonal imbalances, especially things like PMS, for example. Then they also mess up what are called enzyme conversions. So especially for all the sex hormones or what we call the steroid hormones, these are all the hormones that make up, for example, cortisol, progesterone, estrogen, all of these hormones, they all come from the same precursor they all start from cholesterol and then they go down to something called pregnenolone and then they get interconverted now a lot of toxic compounds will actually actively go in and mess up with the enzymes and the enzymes basically help to, to change one hormone to another it's really important these systems are working efficiently as well because otherwise what you might do is end up with a, a massive backlog at the top and nothing is getting converted downstream and i remember one of the slides in the conference i went to um on on saturday was um showing us like this hormone path all the pathways and all, the places were different compounds so like weed killers cosmetics where they actually affect the the the, um, the enzymes and it is actually truly mind-blowing another reason why they can affect our hormones is because they go into every cell has a little battery you may have heard of this they're called the mitochondria and they are what like really produce our energy and what a lot of toxic compounds do is they go in and they attack the mitochondria and they basically mess it up which is really where we know where where that tiredness you know if you are just always struggling to feel energized you've got lots of sugar cravings you're feeling exhausted you're sleeping 10 hours a day but you still can't get going that's sometimes a sign that your mitochondria is really compromised and the toxins have really basically gone in there and fucked things up and that's like an unexplained tiredness you know I'm talking about when I talk to clients and they're like yeah but you know I'm eating lots of protein and I'm doing this and they're, they're ticking all the boxes and they're still exhausted that's where maybe you want to think about the toxicity levels and what's happening there. And the other sort of aspect of how it can affect hormones is that many toxins are what we call neurotoxic. So they can get into the brain. Now, the brain is the master controller of all our hormones. So if the brain is off balance, it's going to affect our hormones. It's also going to give us huge amounts of brain fog. And when you have brain fog, it's hard to make decisions. It's hard to look after yourself. It's hard to eat well. You know, you can barely function and neurotoxicity is real. And we really, really have to be very, very cautious and, and like be really aware of this, um, I would say. So those are all the ways that toxins can affect hormones. We're now going to look at sources. So where do they come from? I've already touched touched upon them being from live sources and also from man-made synthetic chemicals. So the main sources in terms of um, organisms is moles. So there are lots of different types of lovely moles and moles produce something called mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are the toxic chemicals. So the mold itself sometimes isn't a problem. It's the spores they release that have mycotoxins in them. And these are the ones that we inhale or we touch. They get into our bodies. They can be neurotoxic. They can really, really bugger things up. Some of the most unwell people I've ever worked with or chronically unwell have had mold or mycotoxin poisoning or toxicity. They've got mold in their body. A lot of people with chronic fatigue have mycotoxin uh, issues, so that's one source. Another source can be bacteria. You know, like there are bacteria. There's so many different types of bacteria, and we need lots of wonderful bacteria to keep us healthy and well. But if you get an imbalance, there are certain strains. You may have heard of the bacteria family Clostridia, and there was a lot around someone something called C difficile in hospitals and things. It's quite infectious. That's That can cause problems, but then there's loads of other clostridia bacteria that can really kind of lie a bit undetected in the gut and cause a lot of toxicity when they, they release toxic compounds as they're in the gut. So this is going back to gut health, gut infections, et cetera. And then there are also yeasts. So many of you may be familiar with the idea of candida. You may have heard of candida albicans, which is a type of yeast. Um, There's always quite a lot of talk in health circles about candida cleansers, etc. I think sometimes a lot of people are talking about them without really truly knowing how to address them. But a lot of these yeasts can also release a lot of toxic compounds and make you feel really, really unwell. So those are the three main live. Those are the three main live sources of bacteria, mould of bacteria. Sorry, of of toxins, mould, bacteria, and yeasts. Let's have a look at man-made ones. So I mean. The the way that sort of like this Western capitalist world works is that there's a lot of industry, there's a lot of emphasis on pro- production, on maximizing profit, etc. And obviously the chemical industry has really helped with this. Um, there are toxic chemicals everywhere and again let's remember let's not get overwhelmed let's just take this information in and be grateful that we know this i think that's always just tapping into that at least i fucking know this now so i would say one of the main sources of um, toxins is our water supply it is heavily treated it is also like don't think that if you go and live in the countryside you're going to be any better because quite often in the countryside crops are sprayed you know there's a lot of industrial farming there can be like big big plants like like chemical plants like normally aren't really in cities and all of this can leach into the soil and go back into the water supply so this is a huge one Um, Another one is things like weed killers, pesticides. So I remember hearing at the conference about a lady in a case study who got very unwell when she moved to live by a golf course, because golf courses are sprayed continuously. Um, But maybe if you live anywhere near sort of like that kind of thing, anywhere like football pitches, uh, any kind of pitch that requires lawn maintenance may be heavily sprayed. Or if you live next to a neighbor who's obsessed with um, pesticides for their garden, that's also these things carry in the wind. So you'll be easily taking them in. Playgrounds, I learned this at the weekend, you know, that rubbery surface, which actually I quite like, you know, you can bounce up and down on in playgrounds. That's highly toxic. I mean, as an adult, I only ever really jump up and down if I'm there with my niece or whatever. But you think about young kids rolling about in them, throwing themselves off, falling, then eating a snack that can be a, a highly toxic sort of situation furniture is another big one because furniture well has to be treated but also a lot of stuff anything that's like more soft furnishing has to be treated with fire retardants etc so we went down the route of making sure that you know people weren't going to like burn to death in their homes and that's you know that's obviously a great thing to be thinking about but nobody ever thought about the consequences of these flame retardants fire retardants on on furnishings so if you think about if you're lying on your sofa for two or three hours every day watching television you are absorbing all that through your skin which is shocking the same goes for mattresses memory foam pillows all of these things which is which is really actually quite concerning to be honest with you One of the best things you can do for that is when you ever buy a new piece of furniture is if you can keep it outdoors for like a day or two, or even if it's 12 hours, just air it a bit for the initial part of the chemical sort of like um, the the, the main bits to kind of hopefully get blown away, which is, you know, it's still blowing away and potentially someone else is going to breathe it in. But inside, you know, I think some of you may have heard this, but actually it's It's not believed. There's a lot of studies to have shown that actually indoor air is way more toxic than outdoor air, which is insane, right? Another one is kids' clothing. It has to be heavily, heavily sprayed, especially for children All clothing. But kids' clothing in particular is heavily toxic. So just washing it before you put it on, making sure you've at least got rid of the, the top layer. And, you know those. you know, when you buy like anti-wrinkle shirts and things like that, they're all toxic as well. Equally, like washing like detergents, powders, all of that, covering everything. They've all got a load of chemicals in them as well. So I'm sorry to bring you all this like depressing news, but I really think it's about being aware, just having awareness, I think. And then obviously there are some chemicals that are particularly important for hormone health because these are what we call the endocrine disruptors. And as I told you, you know, endocrine means hormone system some of these chemicals actually behave as estrogens in the body so can you imagine you know we're already dealing with hormonal issues and then we're throwing a load of chemicals that come into the body and are behaving like even more oestrogen and the thing about them is they are way way stronger than any oestrogen that the human body can make so if you've heard of phthalates they are a big group big endocrine uh, disrupting group they are found some quite often in makeup in cosmetics etc and Women are generally more susceptible to be more toxic than men because we use more cosmetics, you know, obviously makeup, nail varnish, products, styling products, etc. And just again, just question, maybe think about replacing one thing at a time. You don't have to be perfect. One of the things I always say is like, think about the thing that you use with the most like regularity or the one that you use the most of. So for example, if you are somebody who's every day covering yourself in a moisturizer, like a body moisturizer, that's probably the one to think about replacing, right? Because of the massive surface area that you're covering your body in. So maybe just start using like a really lovely oil, like an organic almond oil or organic coconut oil or anything, a lovely blend like that. Really, really can make a difference and then slowly start replacing things. But it's these are big ones. The endocrine disruptors and hormone health are absolutely huge so i've got here on my notes what the fuck to do about it (laughs) yeah so what do we do about these things and there's lots of things we can do and you know like i said one thing is slowly replace things um educate yourself etc i would say one of the first things you can do is to improve your water supply so brita filters don't cut it You wanna think about if you own your own property, maybe looking at something like what's called like a reverse osmosis filter, that's a great way. You just install install that on the the different pipes in your whole house, works really, really well. And then you can use like um, charcoal filters as well in your jugs and things, charcoal pulls out a lot of toxins. If not, there are water filters, like for example, the brand Berkey filters are pretty good as well. I have a Berkey filter and I really like it. I mean, no system is perfect, but these are some of the things you can think about. So improving your water supply, really, really big one. Wash your vegetables, this is another one, and your fruit, like your life depends on it. So this is something that I am guilty of being really lazy about. And thank God my husband's more on it than I am. So... Obviously, so much of our our produce is sprayed very heavily. And so it's really, really important that we just wash everything. I use vinegar and sometimes um, I'll use like a very mild organic baby soap, like a tiny, tiny bit just to pull out the more like fat soluble toxins that works well. But really, this is something that we can all start doing. And the other thing to talk about is some fruit and veg are way more toxic than others. It tends to be the ones that have very thin skin. So, for example, things like blueberries, strawberries, also the ones that are very vulnerable to pests. So all of these ones get sprayed really heavily and they don't have like an outer, like, for example, a grapefruit, just got quite a thick skin. Right? These ones have no protection. So the pesticides just leach right through. If you want to know more, I recommend you check out, um, you just Google the Dirty Dozen and Clean Fifteen. And that's put together by a group called the Environmental Working Group. They're great. They're really into like helping us understand the minefield that is toxicity in this world. And they update this list regularly. And the Dirty Dozen are basically the 12 most toxic fruit and veg to have, the ones with the highest pesticide levels. And the Clean Fifteen are the best, like the ones that are least toxic. So it really helps you to prioritize and think, okay, well, i 'm not going to eat I'm only going to have organic blueberries, you know because eating all organic can get very expensive and by the way, organic is not always a guarantee that the food hasn't got toxins in it It's better, but it's by no means like this this product is perfect. but I really like invite you to have a look at this website, look at the lists, and just have a little think about um which ones you want to prioritize because it can make a big difference right so yeah, improve your water, wash your veg like your and your fruit like your life depends on it. Another great one is saunas, infrared saunas are very good for pulling out toxins. And if you're just like one maintenance, having an infrared sauna every few weeks can be really, really helpful. The other thing is like we've talked about this already, like become aware, question, research, just, you know, when you find yourself, you're going to buy a new product, a new cosmetic product or a new product to wash your clothes with. Just go, Okay, let me look into this a bit more. Go Google it, you know, the environmental working group. If you type in EWG, that has a lot of information on all these products. So just I think there's also an app called Think Dirty where you can actually look up individual products and it gives them a rating. There's lots of information out there. So we can just make the most of it, you know, and and actually make other people aware of these things as well. I think it's important to to just raise awareness because some people just don't know. And just sort of like going, hmm, you know, like sometimes when you see like little girls always painting their nails, it's like, oh, you know, is this something we want to be encouraging? And, you know, I would have loved to have my nails painted when I was younger. And I don't think the occasional time, I think that's fine. But it's just being aware that of the potential for toxicity with with things like that. Slowly replace your products at home. I've mentioned that already. Another great thing is lymphatic work. So the lymph system is where the toxins sometimes hang out by the way toxins love to store in fat they love it they are what we call lipophilic a lot of them which means they love fact, they can really sit there, really lovely. And I mean, it may be that you've noticed that you actually can't lose any weight and you've tried everything. It could be that your body is trying to protect you because your body knows that you're highly toxic. And if you lose weight, you will release too many toxins and it will like make you feel pretty shitty. But that's a really important thing to think about. Some people, when they go on extreme weight loss diets, feel absolutely dreadful. And it's because they're releasing too many toxins. But the lymph is a place where you can... The body can dump them in the lymph nodes. We have, it's a whole system around the whole body. And then from there, they can be detoxified. So, you know, really starting to learn about lymphatic work, maybe thinking about lymphatic drainage, massages, um, hot, cold showers can be really useful, a bit of dry brushing, just keeping that system going because the lymphatic system does not, have its own circulation so things get stagnant if you're not moving it along so go and google it look things up loads and loads of great um information on there i have a very good friend chloe stickings who is um, a lymph expert i'll put her name in the show notes i'll make a note of that check her out she is brilliant at lymph work really inspiring and very interesting what else can we do about it if you suspect that there is something going on if you're listening to me today and you're going god this makes sense you know my my, my house does have mold or there are weird smells if you find yourself very sensitive to smells perfumes etc there could be something going on there so get tested there are some great um, like tests that you can do panels that we can do um so go and get tested i use one that is specifically that tests all the mycotoxins so all the mold ones test that tests for um toxic elements like things coming in from the environment from pollution from cosmetics all of this stuff and i did these tests on myself actually a couple of years ago and you know i came back pretty toxic i had mold stuff and i have other toxicity going on and um i mean i live in the center of london so sometimes i feel like i'm fighting a losing battle but i'm so pleased that i know this information because then i can really support my detox pathways i can support my liver and i can do stuff about it so get tested and if you you know find somebody to support you in this journey i love supporting people with this and you're very welcome to book a call in with me free call if you want to find out a bit more I'm not saying you have to work with me. You know, you can find like some brilliant functional nutritionists, functional medicine um, practitioners, anybody who knows their shit. I tend to find that the mold world like you get some real geeks out there who really love this stuff. So find us, you know, like (laughs) get that support, because what I would say is that mold and toxin detoxification has to be done properly and slowly. If you just go into it and you're not being supported by somebody who really knows their shit, you can do more harm than good. You just can't go in straight away and just like start pulling out the mold like you'll make you'll feel dreadful and you could go into you could make things a lot worse. So it really does have to be done properly. You know, if your house is moldy, you really have to find somebody who really knows their stuff. It's called mold remediation. And you need to know you need to find people, companies that are really serious and not like sometimes people will talk to their insurance companies like house insurance and they'll send like somebody over who really hasn't got a clue. Mold has to be removed in a very specific way. It has to be tested for very specifically. And just because you cannot see it anymore. I've heard stories of people who they they, they got somebody sent over who literally just like put a spray on it and then painted it over. That does not mean the mould is gone just because it's not visible. That's really, really important to to be very clear on. You need to identify the source of the water damage. Why is your house mouldy? That needs to be addressed. And I know this is all an absolute ball ache, but it really has to be done properly. And actually at the conference, at the weekend, a lot of what um, all these... um, real specialists were saying was you know the first step is to remove the source of the toxicity you need to get away from that source because otherwise it's you're just like constantly feeding that that toxicity right Um, but if you work with a practitioner they'll be able to help you identify that and support you with all of it yeah so you know it's the same for toxic chemicals in the house as well or like from your environment Um, you know for me I tested quite high in compounds that are found in petrol and gasoline because my sort of the front of the house overlooks a fairly busy road in very pretty much central London. So, you know, that's kind of like where that's coming from. So, you know, I have looked into getting an air purifier and I try to work more out the back and I'm aware and it's not my situation is not perfect, but at least I have awareness. Right. It's going back to that idea of awareness. Just touching briefly on the whole, you know, how you would detox. It's like the process is you need to test and see what's going on. You need to identify what the toxins are and where they're coming from. And you need to remove the sources of the toxins. And this can be really very, very challenging. Or at least reduce the sources of the toxins. Then you need to prepare the body for detoxification. Like I said, you can't just go straight in. That could really throw you into some really horrific Um, health state so how do you prepare the body you need to prepare the liver you need to make sure it is ready to take this new toxic load you need to think about antioxidant supplementation Um, you need to think about your foods are really going to help you mop up you know the liver has to be like a hundred percent ready to really see you like through this whole process you need to make sure your bile and your gallbladder are working really well because bile especially is very important for anything that is fat soluble and like i said a bit earlier toxins are fat soluble so that needs to be working brilliantly so you need to do a workup you need to really build your body up and get it ready and then you go in with binders binders are chemical compounds that come from various sources in nature popular binders are things like activated charcoal chlorella Uh, Humic acid, fulvic acid Diacotomous earth I can never say that one (laughs) Bentonite clay And these all what they do is they have a different charge To the toxin and that attracts them And then it will pull it out So then you do, you do the binding work, but equally at the same time, really slowly and keeping an eye on your liver, on your energy levels, everything. You need to make sure that you are pooping very, very like regularly and that your gut health is spot on. Otherwise, they will hang around in the gut. So can you see it's like an entire like process of real building up, really gentle, really supportive. You know, I, I used to work in a health food shop and people would come in and just say, oh, I've read that uh, bentonite clay is really good for me and I feel a bit toxic. And they just used to start taking bentonite clay without any warning. And what they would do is just pull out all these toxins from, from their cells and just dump them in their liver or in their brains, and they'd feel absolutely dreadful. So we really need to be very, very mindful of all of that. Right. I have gone through all my notes, I think. So I'm just going to summarize now. This is really, like I said, the main message of this is let's just be aware. Let's really start questioning all these things that we're using in our house and, you know, really making other people aware, too. And like I said, if you're someone who has been having health issues for a long time and they're almost like unexplained, you can't bloody work out what's going on this might be an opportunity for you to do a bit of testing and investigate further and you know if it comes back clear amazing you can rule out because sometimes people say to me well what if it comes back clear and I'm like well I've never had anybody come back with clear like mold and toxic elements profiles ever Um, even people who live like practically in the middle of nowhere uh, because they have lived somewhere else previously or actually their groundwater is completely contaminated but know if it does come back completely clear clear, then at least you know that that's not what's happening and that's also like a really empowering bit of information to have so if you suspect go and get tested go and get investigated work with somebody who knows their shit you know and really go down that way and if you're somebody who's like yeah no i think i'm okay but i just want to keep an eye on things you know just thinking about your cosmetics thinking about your fruit and veg and just think about like keeping your ha- your your environment as clear as it can possibly be and not allowing it to overwhelm you <laughs> which is a huge one right like it's really yeah it can be overwhelming but i am on a bit of a mission at the moment to talk about this and raise awareness so because i'm just fired up and i'm just pissed off that this is like this it's almost like an invisible attack on our hormones that we're not really being told about so yeah Right. I have warbled a lot. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please, please feel free to drop me any messages. Um, You can email me or DM me on on Instagram. I'll put a couple of links um, at the bottom of the podcast episode as well. You will have the link to Chloe, who I talk about, who does lymph work you can all i'll also add the link to booking in a free call with me if you want to if you have any anything that's on your mind about mold or toxic stuff we can maybe talk about where you can go next or you know what would be the next steps for you so i'll put that in there as well and, um, yeah, I, I hope you found this helpful. Like I said, I'm a bit fired up. Um, and I plan to be fired up for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, and please, you know, if you like this episode, rate, review it, share it, let's spread the fucking word because we really, really need to. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. And yeah, we will speak very soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please help us spread the menstrual cycle love by rating and leaving us a review and sharing this with anyone who you think needs to hear it.